The God of heaven is the creator of the entire universe. He's the maker of all living things, great and small, and he takes care of them all. He who makes the sun to set and the moon to rise has created all things with purpose. I'm Alice Newsom, and you're listening to the Repurpose and Publish podcast. I've heard it said that graveyard is the most valuable piece of real estate on the planet because it's filled with unrealized dreams, ideas, and visions. This podcast is about denying the grave consumption of the great content locked up in my computer and taking the bold step to share my thoughts and creativity with you. And now, here's more repurposed content from my computer. Today, we're looking at God as creator. And we're going to talk about Job. It's a book in the Old Testament, just before Psalms. And the book is titled after the main character. Job was a very successful businessman. He had a wife, seven sons, and three daughters. Job lived in the land of Uz, like the land of Oz. The Bible is God's written word, and a lot of successful ideas are borrowed from the Bible. Case in point, the land of Oz. Job was the richest man in the land of Uz. He was a good man, an honest man, and he loved God. Job was very progressive. He owned 7,000 sheep and enough shepherds to take care of them. He owned 3,000 camels and enough camel herders to take care of their needs. He owned 500 team of oxen, that means two bulls yoked together to work a farm, and 500 female donkeys to carry tools and supplies. And he had a lot of servants to take care of those animals. Job had seven sons and three daughters. His sons liked to have parties at their prospective houses and they would invite their sisters over to eat and drink. This was their routine. Job was a man who made sure his children were in good standings with God. So when his children had a party, Job would make burnt offering sacrifices just in case they had sinned or cursed God in their hearts. And this was Job's routine. The sons would party, and Job would offer a sacrifice. That's kind of like praying for our grown children. You don't know what they're doing, but you're continually lifting them up, calling their names before God. In Job 1, 6 through 12, we get a glimpse of a conversation in heaven. Now, although Satan had been kicked out of heaven, he's allowed to visit for meetings with God and the other angels. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God, and escheweth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast not thou made an hedge about him, and about his house, and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. 
But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. From this conversation, we see that Satan is walking over the earth looking for something to get into. And God brings up Job. God said, do you know my servant Job? He's a good man. He's a righteous man. And then Satan said, yeah, I know him. What? You got a hedge of protection around him and everything he owns. You blessed him and he's rich. But you know what? I bet if you take your hand away and he loses everything, your holy righteous man will curse you to your face. And God said to Satan, everything that Job owns is in your power. Do as you will, but do not touch his body. And with that, Satan got busy. Remember, Satan wants to kill, steal, and destroy everything that God loves. So now we're going to look at one day in Job's life. Satan wanted to stop Job's progress by taking away his work animals, the oxen that plowed new territories and the donkeys that pulled carts and carried tools. So he had thieves steal those animals and kill the servants who took care of them. He allowed one servant to escape to tell Job the story. And before that servant could finish the story, another servant came to Job and said, The fire of God is falling from heaven and burned up the sheep. Now the sheep provided income for Job. He would sell the meat, the wool, and the milk. So Satan destroyed Job's business and his income. And while that servant was still speaking, another servant came and said, Thieves! Thieves came from all directions and they stole the camels. Satan has now taken away Job's mode of transportation. And if that wasn't enough, while that servant was still speaking, another one came and delivered the final blow of the day. He said, your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in the oldest brother house. And there came a great wind and destroyed the house and it fell on your children and they are all dead. And I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. In verses 20 to 22, Job went into mourning. As you can only imagine, he would. He fell down on the ground and he did an unusual thing. He worshiped. He was weak. He was distraught. He experienced a lot of emotions. Yet he said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all this, Job did not sin, nor charge God foolishly. So difficult is not an accurate word to describe what Job must have experienced. Job lost a very successful business where he had invested a lot of time and money. 
and then he lost his income. Can you imagine no more paychecks? Can you imagine losing any one of those things? Can you imagine the the stress that could come behind that? And then just think about losing your paycheck. Just think about that. Your job is gone. Your business is gone. Your income is gone. What do you do? This is a perfect illustration of Satan being angry and taking it out on God's people. Well, God brought up the challenge, but Satan eagerly accepted it. To lose one child is devastating, but it's difficult to even imagine what it's like to lose all of your children. That's just unimaginable. I can't imagine the pain and the stress and the loneliness all at one time. So undoubtedly, this was the worst day of Job's life. And and the amazing thing is his response to everything that happened to him. Maybe he was saying, okay, the tangible things, I can get that back. I know how I did it before. And, you know, as he's, they're telling him this mm-hmm. happened and that happened. And maybe his mind is working. Okay, all right, I can do this. I can do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, coming up with another plan. But then when they delivered that final blow and said, it's your kids, all of them are gone. Yeah, that's your posterity. That's your future. You expect to die first and then you expect the children to follow. You don't expect to live and have your children die before you do. So that was devastating Mm -hmm. to Job. But his response to losing everything was to bless God. And by this, we get a glimpse of what God saw in Job. God saw Job's integrity. Now, in chapter 2, Satan meets with God and the other angels again. And God brags to Satan. And he said, Job has maintained his integrity, Satan, through everything he has suffered at your hand. And then Satan said, yeah, yeah, he has. But I tell you what, skin for skin, all that a man has, Will he give for his life? So you put forth your hand now and you touch his bones and his flesh and he'll curse you to your face. And the Lord said unto Satan, behold, he's in thine hand, but save his life. Don't you kill him. He challenged God with that skin for skin. So, yeah, Job went through with his things. But if you let me touch his body. Job will fall. So God gave Satan permission to attack Job's body, but not to kill him. Satan caused boils and sores to break out all over Job's body, head to toe. Can you imagine sores all over your body? Head to toe in sores. You can't even sit. You can't lie down. You can't do any of that. All you can do is just try to find a comfortable spot, but there's no place you can lay on your body or sit on your body where there's no sore. There's a sore everywhere. Job looked a mess and he felt terrible. He had oozing, itching sores all over his body. Job would try to find some relief by scraping his sores with a piece of broken pottery. And day after day, Job's wife saw his agony. And she finally said, look, Job, curse God and die. And, you know, the scripture, of course, says that Job said, you sound like a foolish woman. And Job, of course, did not curse God and and die. 
Job had three friends who came to visit him, and they saw Job from a distance, and they didn't even recognize Job. Job looked so bad that when they got close enough, they just broke down and cried. They tore their clothes, and they threw dust up in the air to show their grief. And they sat down on the ground with Job. They saw that Job's suffering was too great for words. And these three friends came and sat in the dirt and said nothing to Job for seven days. Then Job finally spoke and he cursed the day of his birth. Job said, I wish the day I was born was removed from the calendar. I wish I was never conceived. I wish I was stillborn or I starved to death as an infant. He was in so much pain, not just pain in his body, but the pain of the memory of his children and the pain of the memory of his income and the pain and the memory of all the servants that he lost. He was just a man who had lost everything and he was feeling the pain of it. Then Job's friends began to speak and they tried to offer him some advice. So Job had just lost his kids and he was in constant pain from head to toe. And his friend said, have you ever heard of the innocent dying? Or have you ever heard of the righteous being destroyed? They were basically saying to Job, what did you do, Job, to cause this? Job's friends went on and on like this for chapters. Then Job was like, look, I know as much as you do, and you are no better than me. I've done nothing wrong, and my conscience is clear with God. I would like to take up my case with the Almighty. I want to know my sin. What is my transgression? And why do you count me as your enemy? So these are some of the questions that Job had for God. And then God showed up in a whirlwind, which is similar to a tornado. And he answered Job and he said, Who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorance? Stand up like a man. I'll ask you some questions and you answer me. Then the creator said, Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me, if you know so much, who determined its size? What supports its foundations? Who birthed the sea? The creator said, I did. I gave the sea boundary lines and I said, you can only come this far. Tell me now, have you ever commanded the morning to appear or caused the dawn to rise in the east? If you know so much, where does light come from? And where does darkness go? Can you take the light or the darkness to its home? Do you know how to get? Can you direct the movement of the stars? Do you know the laws of the heaven? Tell me, Job, can you make it rain? Who has given me anything that I need to pay back? Then the creator said to Job, Everything under heaven is mine. In chapter 40, God asked, Do you still want to argue with the Almighty Job? Do you have any answers? 
At this point, Job wanted to cover his mouth with both hands and shake his head, uh-uh, and say, I know, I said too much already. I'll just be quiet now. God continues to question Job through chapter 40 and 41. Then in chapter 42 of the New International Version, Job said, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You ask, who is this that obscures my plan without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. At this point, Job has lost everything and is still covered with boils from head to toe, but his focus is no longer on himself. Through conversation with the Creator, Job has a sober realization. As pain and suffering relates to God's purpose and plan, Job realized that he spoke of things that were beyond his understanding. Job said, God can do anything, and no purpose of God can be stopped. God builds up, and God tears down. God does what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, how he wants to do it, and he answers to no one because God is the sovereign creator. So Job's summation is true. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We're all participants in this journey of life, and we all have struggles. Life sometimes gets really hard. Though Job was a man of integrity who loved God and respected him, Job lost everything, his business, his income, his transportation, and most importantly, Job lost all of his children. Job had not sinned to cause these things to happen to him. He actually stood innocent before the Lord. Job realized God's purpose cannot be stopped. Many times we do not understand God's plan. We may ask, why me? Why do bad things happen to good people? Why is this happen? Or why has that happened? Why do we go through so much pain and suffering? Job was still in pain and suffering from his losses when he had that encounter with the Creator. God didn't answer his whys. They were not addressed at all. The Creator of the entire universe just showed up in a very powerful way, and spoke to Job. God challenged Job to see things from a different perspective and to put things into the proper context of purpose. What was the Creator's purpose for a man who loved God with his whole heart and honored God by living a life of integrity? What was God's purpose for Job? God's purpose for Job was for Job to go through this difficult time in his life. God said to Satan, look at Job. He's a prime example of a man who loves me. He's a man of high standards, and he didn't even fall, though you tried to destroy him. Satan's purpose is to kill, steal, and destroy. Satan failed to kill Job's faith. He failed to steal Job's integrity, and he failed to destroy Job's relationship with God. Job honored God by suffering with integrity. 
He proved God right by taking every blow that Satan threw at him. Yet he stayed committed and held on to his faith in God. Now, through Job, God proved to Satan and all the readers of the Bible that it's possible to lose everything, your business, your income, your transportation, and your most prized possession, your children, and still have faith in God, love God, and respect God. As Christians, when difficulties come our way, how do we show our faith in God? How do we show our love and respect for God? Do we go through tough times blaming God and questioning God? Or do we go through believing that God is with us and God loves us? When life is hard, that's the time to hold on to every ounce of faith you have in God. The God of heaven is the creator of the entire universe. He's the maker of all living things, great and small, and he takes care of them all. He who makes the sun to set and the moon to rise has created all things with purpose. No matter what we go through, we are to remember that God is present and he is working out his plan and his purpose for our lives. Hello, I'm Galene, your host from Let's Meet the Author. I want to go ahead and boast about one of my authors who premiered in the first season, Alice Newsom. I have read her book over and over, and I cannot put it down. I have recommended it to my sisters, I recommend it to my mom, to my aunties, and even the male members in my family. Finally, there's a book that talks about the women of the Bible. All right, and also it gives juicy details about the lives of Jesus' ancestors. The book is called The Sorted Lives of Jesus' Ancestors. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Jesus' family does too. You've got to get your own copy. Go to alicenewsome.com and go ahead and read it and find out all the secrets of Jesus' ancestors. alicenewsome.com Get your copy today. You will not regret it. I've been busy. I've recorded an audiobook too. Now, the audiobook is a convenient way to hear the stories of the women in Jesus' family tree as you go about your day. I'm the narrator, and it comes with a special audiobook companion document. Get your audiobook now. If you are anything like I am, then you have a stored collection of stories and lessons. I encourage you to get that content out of your mind, out of your device, out of your journal, and share it with the world. Enrich someone's life because they are waiting for you. That's a wrap. Another podcast is in the books. It's published. And I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to share it and subscribe to get each episode as it becomes available. And please, leave a review. Visit my website, alicenewsome.com. Remember to repurpose and publish. Thanks for listening.